Hey, what's going on, guys? I hope you guys are having a good day. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World, the Black Business School. And uh, today on DrBoyceTV.com, uh, I decided to bring in a panel uh, to discuss this topic because I think there are opinions all over the board. Uh, we did some research on it uh, before we jumped in because we wanted to add something to, to the discussion. Uh, there is uh, apparently a dating consultant by the name of Kevin Samuels. And and Kevin said some stuff to a black woman on the air that he just kind of sent chills down your spine and made some people's stomachs turn. And the whole Internet's been kind of talking about this. And so we're going to address this right now. Um, I'm going to let the panelists in and go ahead and get comfortable. Hit the thumbs up button. And uh, we're going to begin on DrBoyceTV.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to coach sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your own. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, black people? What's happening? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to welcome you guys to drboycetv.com. Uh, this is the home for intelligent black people. Uh, if you're black and intelligent, uh, throw your hands up. Uh, put your hashtag B1 in the chat if you agree with our philosophy. Our core philosophy is that the black community is the top priority. Uh, we care about black people before we can care about any, anybody else. Uh, we also must be one in order to be successful, which means that we're going to try to find ways that we have things in common as opposed to focusing on the differences that we have. And so uh, today um, I've got some panelists that are going to come in in a minute, but I want to get you guys started on this conversation. Um, how many of you, yes or no, give me a yes or no. How many of you saw what was going on with this? Um, there's this dating consultant by the name of Kevin Samuels, who uh, really uh, threw some harsh words at a, at a sister on the um, on the air the other day. Uh, he basically said that she... Um, well, this is the headline. The headline is that you, you'll die alone and you are uh, your average at best. And of course, that just, uh, you know, set the Internet on fire. And uh, now here's the thing. Right. Uh, in order for us to really have a, an adequate conversation about this, I think it's very important to actually hear exactly how the conversation went down. And uh, those of you who are on my Instagram, my Instagram is the real voice Watkins. I'm going to play the clip in a minute. Uh, you're going to hear the clip. But if you want to see it, uh, go to drboystv.com. If you go to drboystv.com, you can actually see and hear it, and you can see the panelists and engage and things like that. But if you want to stay on Instagram, that's fine too. Uh, hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button and notification bell. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you can be notified we're building black media so that we can have black conversations in our community. Uh, so our, our first panelist has already arrived. Uh, his name is John F. Thomas. Uh, John is here. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing good, man. How, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Now, before we talk about this whole situation with Kevin Samuels and this and this woman, and I, and I, you know, I mean, if he if his goal is to get attention, he's gotten it. Um, uh, let me ask you this, just so people have a background on you: How old are you, and are you um, single, married, uh, in a relationship, or com- it's like super single, uh, in a relationship, married, or or what? Uh, I am thirty three. Uh, I guess it's my Jesus, my Jesus year. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I am currently single, I guess uh, super single, because I'm I'm just out here just uh, focused working on my all the different projects I'm working on and uh, trying to 
you know, elevate myself even higher than where I am financially and uh, comfortably and all of that stuff. But that doesn't mean that I'm I'm, I'm still uh, searching like the, the you know, my options are open. So I just haven't mm-hmm. found the right person to that really matches well with me yet. So that's OK. OK. Yeah. All right. So uh, so we got black Jesus in the building. Uh, he said, <laughs> this is Jesus, here. Jesus down about the 32, 33. All right. Yeah. All right, well, 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 I'm glad to have you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> actually, his name is John F. Thomas. That's his real name. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be his nickname for today. Um, so, well, let me ask you guys in the audience, um, where, where are you right now in terms of um, state your, your age and also whether you're super single, meaning totally single, in a relationship or married? Uh, single, relationship, or married? Um, SRM, which one of those three categories do you fit in? And throw out your age, because I'd like to see, you know, get an idea of your demographics and and uh, where, where you are mentally. Um, I will say, uh, I, I'll also volunteer myself. I am uh, 49 years old. I am in a relationship. I'm about to get married. And so we have a lot of interesting conversations about this. I'm ha- and I happen to be marrying a woman who is a relationship therapist. And of course, she had a lot to say about uh, what went down with uh, with with Kevin Samuels and this woman, and um, and you know, and, and actually, I invited her. I said, "Look, if you want to come in and throw in your two cents, uh, then come on in." And also, uh, Ro uh, L. Cortano. I, I, I want to say I, I'm, she's going to say her name properly because I, I don't want to say it wrong. But she's coming in, and she has a pretty strong set of views as well. And uh, we got some men and some women coming in. And really, I want. I mean, the number one rule is. Uh, freedom of speech and respect, right? Because this is such a volatile topic. I don't want anybody's feelings to be hurt um, unless you, unless you're okay with that. Um, and I don't want anybody fighting, right? I don't, I don't like the gender wars. The gender wars really bother me. So if everybody could, uh, if you agree with me, if you could type the word respect in the chat, I would appreciate that. Please type the word respect. Respect means that I've got my views. You got your views. I have my experiences. You have your experiences. We can all grow from that as opposed to using this as a point of division because um, that conversation was pretty harsh. Did you get a chance to see uh, what Kevin said, uh, John? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, <laughs> I got a chance to see it, man. If, if, if anything, that clip is, is definitely entertaining. It's, 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 it's a lot to unpack, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I saw it. And I mean, it's, it's so far what I would say, I mean, she, she got what she asked for. Um, it, he was very straightforward. So, I mean, Ooh. I mean, a lot of times we, it's kind of like that thing. What my friend posted up something the other day, it was just like how <laughs> she was joking about how women ask men for certain things. Like, just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. And then you tell the truth and then they get mad about it. So mm. uh, I kind of, I kind of interpreted a little bit like that. So it's like, I mean, and, and that goes with any, not just women, but with anybody. You know, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't ask for the truth because the truth does hurt sometimes a lot. It hurts. So just be ready right. for the truth. Well, well, the suit, the truth sets you free. Uh, but to get to heaven, you got to go through hell, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what it is. But but let's see if he was telling the truth. Let, let's even you know look at that. Uh, so I'm going to play the clip actually, uh, as you know, before the rest of the panelists get here, and um, I'm going to uh, play it a couple of times so we can actually hear the words. Uh, this is really important. I think this is important because uh, you know I, I I think people are judging based on the headline. They're judging based on what they heard. Uh, and they're not judging based on what was actually going on in the conversation. I'm not, I'm not in any way agreeing or disagreeing with what he said. I'm saying that uh, context is important, right? So my first thought when I heard about this was, okay, I want to see the context. So I'm going to just play this. Uh, this is actually on Worldstar. I'll just grab their little clip. And, uh, and you guys can just kind of make a decision on what you think at that point and put your comments in the chat. So here we go. 
And ma'am, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality, instead of just accepting it, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father, that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want. But you're still saying, pick me. They don't want mid-30-year-old baby mamas. I'm trying to be polite, man, but they don't want those. Can I ask you a question? Did you hear what I said? Yes. Why is that so... Um, my, from my point of view, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. That, that they do have better options, but also those better options are younger girls. Those younger girls don't necessarily are necessarily 20 year olds are not necessarily attracted to 45 year olds. I'm bullshit. I'm 51. I, I can't beat them off with a stick. That's another one you lies. No, younger women are always younger women are attracted to the older men. What are you talking about? So can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. So do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. What would you rank yourself on a scale from one to ten? You cannot use seven. Would I rate myself? Mm, just your face. Um, my face is when I wake up, five, but when I put myself together, six. Okay. And how tall are you? Five, five. Dress size. I'm sorry? Your dress size. A three. Okay, so that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average-looking women tend not to get high-earning men. They tend to get average men. So, um... Did you, did you, I mean, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Breathe and digest. You're 35 years old, and you can look around and see the world. You don't tend to see higher-earning men with average-looking women off-rip. If you do see them, they got them. They got their average-looking woman when they were both really young, and he built his way up. But a man earning the kind of money you're talking about does not go for an average-looking woman. I mean, my body is not average, so... But your, ma'am, you please don't make me say it. Say what? I really just wanted some advice. I love you. Man, I'm, giving you I'm giving you advice, but you're not taking it. The I'm advice is, ma'am, ma'am, you're average looking at best. I'm taking it in, but... Okay, but you're not accepting the fact that... Okay. Average-looking women, average-looking woman who's older, average-looking older woman with a 13-year-old son, average-looking woman with a 13-year-old son with a sketchy baby daddy. This gets worse every time I say something. And now you're asking for a man who's in the top 10% of men. 
you don't qualify for one. And you're making them, I don't, I don't want to have to go there, but when you put in the, all these other factors, why can't you just get a man that's an average guy? Sometimes I feel like, um, in order to fully submit, I have to feel like he's being. Well, then you're going to die alone. How about that? I'm just going to chase, man. Uh, you can feel like what you want to, but women like you die alone. Straight up. Because you think you're better than the men that you qualify for. And the only reason, honestly, ma'am, that I can see a woman like yourself. Really thinking you deserve more is because you earn more because you earn more money than most people around you in North Carolina. But if your ass worked at the post office, you would not think so highly of your opportunities. And that's the reality. We don't men don't care about your money. Not the kind of men that you want. We don't care about your money. It ain't ours. We care about the fact that you are older and you got kids. Oh. And your average. And your reality of your life has showed you that. You don't have the kind of men that you want knocking on your door trying to find you. See, what we've done in this country, this world, is we've told women like yourself that you can have it all. And you got a Prince Charming who's six foot, six feet tall, six figure income, jawline, all this other kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, man. No. Most people get average people, especially average people. You're an average person. I mean, let's be real. You're not running Microsoft. You got you got a pet grooming business. You've been making six figures for the last three years. Okay. <laughs> but if I'm looking at you, but if I looked at you and I took all that off of you, all the eyelashes and all the hair, what do you look like under there? I mean, I look the same. I'm just... No, you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't have all that on. I'm sorry? No, you don't. You don't look the same because if you did, you wouldn't have all that on. So, what is your advice for uh, that? All right, I'll tell you my advice, man, because you're not listening to me. This is why I always recommend you ladies, you ladies need therapy. Because you seem like a sweet woman, but you don't, but you're not getting it. You're being so mean. I'm not being, don't tell me I'm being mean. I'm, I'm about to be mean. I get tired of you broads telling me I'm being mean because you cannot handle the goddamn truth. You call my show on the day that you ain't even supposed to be here. And I honored the call and sat here and tried to help you. And I'm telling telling me I'm being mean. Get the fuck out of my phone. I'm tired of y'all doing this shit. Oof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I, I see a lot of your comments coming through. Um, if you could do this for me, this would be a good way to to describe things. We, we've been collecting data on this. Like I did surveys on this and all that. Um, describe how this conversation made you feel in one word. Like use one word to describe this conversation. And I'd like to see what your one word is. I, I see one word already. It's damn with three ends at the end. 
Uh, John, uh, what what did you think when you saw this? Man, <laughs> so okay, she, you know, I, I I was I was getting kind of frustrated with her. Her she kept asking like, "What's his advice?" And he he was trying to give her advice. Initially, he he was starting off nice, right, as nice as he could be, because he you knows for nice for one person isn't necessarily nice. So there's different levels of, of nice, but. I can tell he was being nice. So he was trying to explain to her as, as delicately as he can what her options were realistically from what he could see. And for everybody, I think somebody posted in there earlier, like, is who is this guy? Who is he? He's an image consultant. So he that's his thing. He looks at people and tries to dress them and get them ready for whether that's a corporate job or whatever in real life just to try to get you so this this is a job to look at looks and to go from there help you so he was trying to help her and tell her realistically and from a guy's perspective what he's looking at as i think his net worth is in in over a million dollars so uh so he is one of those people that she would be looking for and he was trying to tell her but the thing that i kept seeing which i just you but but yeah, but yeah, but I hear what you're saying. But and it's just like, no, you're not hearing what I'm saying because you keep saying but. He's just trying to like listen to what I'm saying, absorb what I'm saying. Because with you saying but, they're saying I'm yeah, I, I hear what you, but I'm not really listening to what you're saying. Mm. It's like, yeah, but I because I want what I want to be true, outside of what you're saying, and that's where it just kind of kept rattling, uh, falling apart. And he got frustrated after a while because she wasn't listening. And so mm-hmm. it, it kind of got a little extreme towards the end, but, <laughs> but. Right, right. So he got, he, yeah, well, you know, it was interesting because it was, um, you know, I, I think that it, for, for, you know, with him being an image consultant, I imagine he probably definitely understands the importance of appearance and perception, right? Like how do you package something is just as important as what's in the package and some in the minds of a lot of people. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and probably say at the very least, I had a thousand thoughts. I, I took notes, man, as he, as he was talking, I took, I took <laughs> the notes and I'm not going to get all these thoughts out because, um, I, I was really trying to process this and I do believe in, uh, in feelings, right? I do believe that, uh, that there's a room for that. And I believe that there's, um, also room for tough love. I was raised on tough love. You know, I was raised on this idea that it's okay if, if, if somebody you trust breaks you down as long as they build you up better and stronger. You know, that's what my father gave me. But um, but I think that, you know, one thing that that um, that did jump out is that there's probably for sure, I think most of us can agree that there was a nicer way to say that. You know, uh, because, you know, if you give somebody some advice and it might be exactly what they need to hear, it might be right on point. You might be 100 percent correct. You might have everything nailed down to a T. But if they go off and kill themselves because you made them feel so bad, you know, then that makes you the asshole at that point. You know, and I'm sorry. I, I So so I'm not saying this that this Kevin Samuels guy is a bad person. I, I don't know him like that. Um, but I will say that um, that that I was it was almost cringeworthy to kind of listen to it. And so uh, we actually have another guest in the building, Chef Juan. Uh, Chef Juan, um, uh, what is your last name, brother? I don't, I don't see your last oh, name. Yeah, I didn't put it in there this time. McAllister. Juan McAllister. Okay, so uh, Juan, give, give, give us your take on what you saw in this video. Yeah, man. How y'all doing today? Doing good. I, um, doing good. That's good. I, um, yeah, like I said, I, I looked at the video, um, 
And I kind of agree with what y'all saying that um, he, he could have came at her maybe a little bit differently. She goes, I, I, my, my thing is she's obviously seeking some kind of um, some sort of, um, uh, I guess, validation or, guidance. Trying, you know, guidance. Yeah, exactly. But hold on a minute. You said validation. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed it was guidance, but that's the question. Are you looking mm-hmm. for guidance or validation? Because yeah. if you're looking for true guidance, it may not be the validation you're looking for. And sometimes right. validation mm-hmm. can be the worst thing you can get. If somebody yeah. validates a losing strategy, then yeah. you know, but go ahead, go ahead, brother. Sorry. Yeah, I think no, I think that's exactly what you're looking for, some sort of validation instead of, you know, like you said, guidance. But at the same time, um, you know, there's a way because you know, like last night I was looking at the Yala Van Zandt. And, um, I, you know, I was tuning into that and the way she kind of has her approach to doing things in terms of, you know, like you said, tearing you down, getting you to understand where your flaws are and then, you know, building you back up with the tool necessary to, you know, to kind of, you know, better yourself. But it seemed like the young lady was like in this mentality that I think a lot of young folk seem to have is that, you know, they get so caught up in this social media kind of stuff and materialism that, you know, she necessarily really wasn't focused on, like, I guess, characteristics, you know, I guess that what he was trying to bring out and I guess bring out certain points to her concerning that. Well, let me let me jump in mm-hmm. and bring that up then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could, could we necessarily accuse her of being materialistic when when he he's an image consultant who right. pretty much said that men only care about what you look like? And uh, and, and I found mm-hmm. that interesting, right. There, and, and I ain't gonna lie. It, it was it was it was personal because, number one, I'm marrying a woman who's a relationship uh, therapist. Mm-hmm. So and she's a black woman, so mm. you know she's a little bit hot, you know. But 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 uh, but but that but you know but that's okay though. You know, it, we you know, sometimes we have to agree to disagree. But one of the things I, I thought about was I said, huh? I said, okay, you're talking about men who make six figures. Okay, I've been making six figures for about twenty years since I got my first job at Syracuse University. I made one hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year. I was mm. thirty one years old, uh, mm. super single, and could have done whatever I wanted. Where, wherever I wanted, with whoever I wanted, I guess. Um, and uh, and I'm gonna just tell you, I, you know, what you look like was definitely an important factor in a relationship, but that wasn't gonna get you all the way through the door. You know, mm-hmm. that that might get you some glances, that might get you a few phone calls, maybe a couple of dates, but uh, you you cannot you cannot break down something as complex as love by just saying that you know it's uh it's all about a big button a smile. It's kind of ironic. I just finished talking to um. One of my friends who's um uh, who's in the group New Edition, Ron, the, Ronnie. The, the Ronnie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we were Ronnie laughing Bo. about about that song Bill Bill DeVoe had about never trust a big button to smile. And I said, yeah, man, I use that example a lot because a lot of these guys get played for suckers because mm-hmm. they go chasing the big button to smile, right? right. So they look for the I, substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so I think I didn't hear any conversation about substance from either mm-hmm. one of them actually. No, nope. not just him. I heard it was like how much money you make and what you look like, and that was it. And mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that? Uh, either one, John, John uh, or Juan, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I think I listened. I think this might be the same video. I listened to his video earlier because I was trying to do some more research on because there is, you know, we, we always get these like snapshot videos and right. we don't really we're mm-hmm. not able to get the full context, the full picture. Mm-hmm. And I think prior to that, he was talking about a lot of different things that uh, I just try to highlight them really quick. He was mainly talking about the modern woman mm-hmm. today typically isn't the same as a traditional woman. He was saying mm-hmm. men that have six figures and up, they are looking for a traditional woman. 
and a lot of these women now and he said it's not our fault it's not our fault because that's what america has been pushing onto us and especially the black community is yeah. uh to be the independent woman yeah. like i don't need no man I, I can do this by myself and stuff like he said and because of that uh these women they don't know how to cook you know so the, the man is coming in and he's cooking and this, this is what he's saying this isn't what i'm saying this is what kevin samuel said <laughs> uh, they don't know how to cook they don't know how to be uh, interdependent is what he used. He said, you know, they're, they're either independent. And, and he said, you have a lot of these women that are are, are coming and they, they just want this this guy, you know, to mm-hmm. get up in the morning, go to work. And you get up, you know, about eight or nine and, you know, you watch TV, you're relaxing, maybe you play with the kid and you just don't do anything all day for, for the most part. You're saying that's a lot of some of these women. He, he said he talks to them all the time. Well, here's the thing. I'm curious. Does anybody know? I, I did some research on it. I, I looked up Kevin Samuels. By the way, uh, Tariq Abdul Kalik is here. Uh, T is um, uh, usually part of our all black panel. He's all he also does stuff on um, the, the Black Boss channel with us. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you, brother. Um, you know, does is he a person that is able to base his ideas on any sort of um, uh, you know, research or data or anything like that, or, or is he a is he a guy with an opinion and a perspective? I think mm-hmm. either one's valid, right? Like mm-hmm. I looked at him as an image consultant. That that's he branded himself pretty heavily as an image consultant. And I think mm-hmm. that's spun into uh, you know the, the dating. I think it was dating consultant or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems to me like he would be very good at telling you something which is actually quite important. Something that I know I'm very bad at, which is how to have mm-hmm. the right image to attract the people that you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think he's good with that. Right. He's good. He's good at that level one type thing, like how to get the hook up, you know, how to be a player or or how to get men you know, attracted to you. But I think on that deep, on those deeper areas of love and the complexities of love, that's where I kind of felt like, you know, that, that there wasn't enough there. You know, it's like yeah. it's just the money and what you look like. Is is that really what, what we've reduced it to? Um, mm-hmm. So T, uh, you, you just came in, brother. Uh, tell us what you thought when you saw the video. Wow, you know what? Um, and um, I have to agree with Brother John Thomas as well because it is uh, when you're dealing with tough love, especially um, when it comes with women, you got to do it in a strategic way. I think he kind of went overboard. I, un- I understand his point, but I think he could have said it better. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people can't handle tough love because it hurts. You know, it, it you know it, it it holds a mirror up into your face, and if you can't handle it, you know you're going to want to smash it. But, you know, um, you know, one of the main reasons why I came on as well is, um, you know, Kevin Sam was like, I, you know, I've been following his channel. It was kind of tough at first. I was kind of taken back. But when you look at his channel, um, it's not just women like he even gets on men. I remember he had a, um, a, a, a YouTube video about incel men. You know, these are men who don't really talk to women. And, you know, he had one one guy calling, you know, saying choosing signals, meaning, you know, he he doesn't he he felt like he shouldn't approach women and then he was like well what do you have to offer you know and the guy was like three hundred pounds you know you know uh, you know he you know he had a a low average job you know he didn't he didn't really have much going on and he you know he was telling men well then why should a woman choose you you have nothing to offer her you know what I'm saying so he does yeah. offer tough love to men it's just hard I'm just I'm just going by experience it's very hard to offer tough love to women and i don't know if that's a bi- biological thing or not um but yeah let me help you on that one man i i, I, <laughs> I think you're gonna make some ladies mad on that one but 
what, what's biological and what's not, you know, I, I don't even think we have to even necessarily push it to that. But I do think, um, and I'd be curious to get you guys' take on this since we got the fellas. There are some ladies that are coming. I hope that they'll arrive soon so we can have, you know, some diversity uh, gender-wise on the panel. But it's okay. I mean, people need to listen to men. And one of the things I liked about uh, about Kevin Samuels, you know, kind of speaking an ugly, harsh truth to, to the woman is I said, well, you know, one good point that is being made here is a lot of people really don't listen to men. When we, when we talk about what's going on with relationships, particularly the black man, the black man is usually the villain. It's like, well, here's what's wrong with these men. Or you have these people that are these um almost these really fake relationship experts. Again, no background, no training. But but they pretty much have learned that you can make a lot of money just by telling women what they want to hear. Right. If you tell everybody's a queen, everybody's a princess, you're perfect. And the reason your relationships don't work out is because, you know, because these weak men can't can't handle a strong black woman. Well, you know, well, sometimes, you know, somebody needs to tell you, no, you're not a strong black woman. You're an asshole. Those are two different people. Those are two different types of people. And people get that confused. If everybody's always cheering you on and you're not getting what you want out of life, then you got to ask, are these people cheering me on? Are they really helping me or are they hurting me? Uh, So, John, I'd be curious to know. You know, what What do you think in terms of, um, you know, how how dating advice is even given? You know, a lot of people give dating advice on the Internet. Uh, do you think any of this stuff is any good? And do you think that there's a little bit of a gender bias there? Yeah, I, I think that the same, the same thing in that sense where a lot of people don't want that mirror pointing back to themselves. I mean, it's, it's like the same people. They have advice for you all day on your relationship. But they're they're single as, as I don't know what, and they they haven't had a good history of dating relationships, and even certain people that fi- finds themselves going into certain situations around the same type of people and the same kind of guys and stuff like that. You're not changing anything about yourself, and then when you try to tell them that, they get angry, and it's just like, well, I, you you can't you you can't help yourself, and nobody can help you if you're not open to taking that tough love or like that crit like everything isn't an attack we don't need to take everything as an attack you know if i'm if i'm coming to you and i'm trying to help you out of love take that as that you know because we some we have to humble ourselves sometimes like hey maybe this person is trying to help same thing like if you're if your your parent is punishing you for doing, for doing something wrong it's not because they hate you it's because they want to correct you like correction isn't the devil it's not it's not evil you know if i'm trying to help correct you then take that or just acknowledge like, hey, I'm bad with correction, you know, because that's one thing we we, we sit there and we take certain things as a tax when certain things are are corrections, like just critiques out of love. Hmm. Well, you know what? Uh, before I introduce our next guest, let me let me tell you a funny little story, man. Um, years ago, like 15 years ago, again, back when I was super single, I met this lady who actually uh, was a relationship advice columnist and I met her at a convention and a very pretty young lady by early thirties. And, uh, and I just sat there and I was listening to her talk and I knew, I knew her because she wrote, wrote a pretty popular column. I'm not going to say her name though. I don't want to embarrass her. Um, but I remember <clears throat> sitting there thinking, wow, this is fascinating that this lady is giving advice on relationships. And I wouldn't date her if you put a gun to my head. Like she, she was just, kind of mean and domineering and just I was like, oh, I would hate to be in a relationship with this person. And but I didn't say anything. I did not say a word. And and years later, she got married and uh, she's she talking about the marriage. I think she got divorced within a year. 
And in the back of my mind, I thought, yeah, I pretty much thought that was going to happen because in the beginning, I was wondering who would marry her anyway. This lady wasn't, you know. And so, so what I'm what I'm saying is, I think a lot of people are just getting really bad advice. And that actually is a good uh, opportunity to bring in our next guest, uh, Ro. Ro L. Help me say your last name, please. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My last name is Grand Genois. Okay, I'm gonna let you say that because I need to practice that one. But Ro is here. Can I just say Ro for now? Is that okay, sister? All right. Yeah. So Ro has uh, some great advice, and um, and she well, let me back that up. She has great advice. If if you if you hear where she where she's coming from, if you don't agree, then you might be mad at her. But I I think it's important to hear her voice. So, uh, sister, I'd like to ask your your, your take. Um, did you get a chance to see the video? Yeah, I saw the whole video. Okay. Uh, at at first, I was just sent the clip where I saw just the small part where he told her that we're, you know she was going to die alone and everything. Um, I didn't see the part where he was using profanity against her. And so that part, I didn't have an opinion on until later when I found out that he was actually cursing at her. But in all honesty, the guy was correct. Mm. And he gave her sound advice. He didn't give her direction. Like there are things that she could have definitely done. In my personal opinion, she she could correct things, but it would take five to 10 years to reach the type of man that she seeks for marriage. Mm. Interesting. So when you say that uh, he was correct, uh, what 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 are a couple of things you'd say he was correct about? Um, that if she doesn't change, she's going to die alone. Absolutely correct. Mm. That she's only eligible for an average guy. Absolutely correct. That she, um, in my personal opinion, he didn't mention this part, but she was disrespectful. Mm. She was selfish. She mm. was focused on what she wants more than what she wants to give. She Mm -hmm. didn't have any feminine skills to offer. She didn't have any nurturing skills. She didn't even know what men actually seek who are in the category that she seeks or just average men. She didn't, she doesn't know what they seek either. So Mm. I think that. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, go ahead, please. I just, I just want to say that it's blatantly obvious to me a person who has not watched media in 16 years, a person from America, but from New Orleans, who has grown up in, um, surrounded by black families where the father was the leader of the home, and then going out into America and realizing that black America is very, very matriarchal. And one of the reasons why women cannot take correction is because you have to come from a father-led home in order to see correction as love you're going to see it as an attack otherwise. And so I literally have moved, um, our family lives in France now because just being around people like the lady on that video is too much for me every day. And I'm not seeking to marry her. So I can only imagine what black men are going through, looking at the wigs, looking at the fake eyelashes, the long, crazy nails, the sassy attitude, the selfishness, the lack of um, inability to nurture, the inability to understand how the world works, and the constant and excessive spending. What type of man would marry a woman who doesn't know how to spend 
how to save money, doesn't know how to multiply money and only seeks to marry some him so that she can go shopping. Wow. Okay. I, I, I forgot to mention that role. Um, you, you actually run, is it, did, I remember you ran a wife school for a while. Do you still run the wife, wife school? school? Wife school is extremely popular still. It is now on three continents. Wife mm. school is several thousand dollars, 15,000 to $30,000. We have tons of people in wife school, contrary to popular belief, but the people who come to wife school are quiet, feminine ladies. Mm. who are serious, whose parents pay money for them to become well married. You know, um, yes, we do very much still have wife school. We have parent classes and we have um, cooking classes and things to make sure that we're really getting to every single detail um, so that women do qualify. Wow. Okay. So, um, well, I'll tell you what it looks like in the chat. You have quite a few people that are digging what you are saying. And um, and also the we, we finally have some more gender diversity in the room. I, I love that. Faye Bishop just walked in the building. Uh, Faye, how you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Uh, did you get a chance to see the clip by ch- uh, by chance with the brother, uh, the the uh, relationship consultant? Yes, um, I saw the clip at first. And um, one thing I've learned to stop doing is judging clips thanks to mainstream media. So I took it upon myself the other night and watched the whole video. Mm. Um, for one, um, I think what everybody is zooming in on is what Kevin Samuel said versus what this woman had said about herself. Mm. One of the things that stood out to me is um, he asked her a lot of probing questions about herself. And the reason he was asking her these questions is just like with any consultant or a therapist or a person who's seeking out advice from someone, he's trying to give her good feedback. What I noticed about her is she was barely making eye contact when she was talking. She rated herself a five in the looks department. Um, When he asked her, what kind of value do you feel you bring to the table or to a relationship? She could barely articulate it, which in my opinion, If you don't know your worth, then how is he or any other man or any other person watching this video able to determine that for you? How can that be an expectation? She didn't really come across like someone who was very self-aware. She seemed a bit conflicted with things that she was saying. She started picking up her phone and laughing. And it's just kind of like, what's going on? She seemed Mm. like her focus, she was starting to get distracted, almost as if she was taking it as a joke. So I think that what happened is Kevin started to notice that. And that's what upset him. Mm. But what pissed me off is why is it in the 21st century, um, are we still looking to men or anyone else to feel validated? If she doesn't know her worth, again, I have to repeat that, then why should Kevin Samuels or anybody else be expected to? Mm. She couldn't wow. articulate that at all. Okay. So I'd like to hear from um, uh, one of the men now, uh, Juan, <clears throat> uh, Chef Juan. So uh, what do you think about what these ladies have said here? Um, they said some pretty um, – uh, yeah. so you're not going to hear mainstream media. How about that? And that's why I love this conversation. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Chef Juan? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's good to have some balance in, in the um, articulation of the, of the sisters that this came on um, to give a different – I guess, point of view and observation. But yeah, I agree. She, um, I don't know. It's just something about this generation. I kind of agree with uh, Sister Roe where she's kind of, you know, pointed out that 
a lot of young ladies in, you know, probably her age group of this particular lady just don't understand how to be nurturing and true women, really. It's just like, it's just me, me, me. What can you do for me? And they get caught up in this, um, I don't know, I guess it's social media kind of um, um, imagery that is just constantly being portrayed, you know, through media. And that's like supposed to be the standard now. And yeah, it is hard. You know, when I was dating, I'm married now, thank God. But, you know, when I was out there dating, <laughs> it was, I mean, oh my God. I mean, it, I, it, I, I, you know, I, that'll be in my book. But it's it's just like crazy, man, out, out there. I don't know how guys are even really managing, to be honest with you. Well, you know, um, well, mm-hmm. let, well, why don't I, why not throw this out there? And by the way, before I, uh, I move on, I want to say we have this is our all black uh, panel. We call this intellectual chocolate. Um, I decided I wanted to open up the door for more intelligent black people to come through and share their opinion. And um, and actually, I'll put the email address in the chat for anybody that wants to uh, submit themselves as a, as a panelist for future panels. Uh, whatever black people are talking about, we believe that there needs to be alternatives to mainstream media. And that's why this panel has been put together. Uh, so do me a favor. Uh, if you support black media, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe. Also hit that notification bell. The notification bell is very important. Some of you are watching on the black boss channel. That's where black men are heard. So if you agree with that philosophy, please make sure you subscribe at the black boss channel.com. Uh, so let me, um, let me throw this out there. Uh, I, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on this. Um, I'll jump to you next, T, on this. Okay, so so I, I'll process it like this, right? Uh, you, you guys know maybe maybe you don't, maybe you don't. Uh, one of the things that, that I had a big challenge with in the last election was, um, was Joe Biden because I had this old baggage from Biden going back to the 1990s. Uh, in the 1990s, Joe Biden was the leading proponent of a crime bill that pushed forth uh, the mass incarceration of the people he considered to be the undesirables. The, he, called, he, he used words like predators and things like that. And he was really talking about black people. He said, you know, these, these young people who have unmarried, you know, single mothers and all these other things, right? So his goal was to put them away in prison as long as he could. And as a result, he achieved his goal. Uh, he put $10 billion into prisons, built hundreds of prisons, put 100,000 cops on the street. Most of the people affected were black men. Uh, so these young black men who were in their 20s, these were my friends in their 20s, uh, are now men in their you know 30s, 40s, 50s, or whatever. So what has occurred, and this was actually uh, featured in The Economist, they did an analysis on this. This is people overseas looking at the African-American community and how we were affected by government policy. They said that for every one percentage point increase in the incarceration rate, there was a 2% decline in the rate of black women getting married. They basically said that you had a reduction in the supply of marriable men uh, and a lot of women who were looking for husbands. And, and they said what happened is, and they analyzed it almost the way you would analyze um, any, any, any other animal, any other mammal. Like if, there, if, you, if you took all the polar bears and you killed half the males, uh, what would happen to the females? What would the females do differently? And they said that what happened is as a result, um, there are fewer marriages in the black community. Uh, women are more desperate to find a man. So they're willing to reduce, lower the bar uh, extensively. And we see a lot of that on Instagram, you know, and, and stuff like that. Right. And it, it just created this, this really horrible imbalance in the black community. So when, when I see uh, something like that and I see what's happened with the family, um, and I see so many young ladies growing up, 72% of them grew up without a father in the home. So they don't know what male authority looks like. They think male authority is evil, horrible patriarchy and all these other things. Uh, I was never threatened by matriarchy, but I also saw patriarchy. I know that they work together. Um, 
I, I really think about it like this, and I'm gonna throw this out there, and then T, I'd like for your response on this. I, you know, when I try to imagine what it might be like for some of these women, and my, and my heart goes out to them because I love the black women with all my heart. Um, I, I, I imagine what would the world be like if 72% of all black men grew up without a mother? Like, what if 72% of all men grew up with just their father and didn't have their mother? Mm-hmm. I one of two things would happen, right? Either you would have men that were looking to find their mother and every woman that they dated. Because there's this void they're trying to fill that can never be filled, right? Because your woman's not your mother. She's supposed to be your woman, but you're still looking for mommy. Or two, two, you will see women as objects that allow you to get sex or maybe she can cook for you or clean for you, right? You would see women as these accessories that you can add on that can help you achieve your goals. Um, Based on what I said, uh, T, can you give me some thoughts on, on some of that in terms of what's going on in the community and how a lot of this actually links back to white supremacy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because especially if you look at the welfare programs, how it tells, um, you know, our women that they cannot have a husband in order to receive welfare. Well, that's one way of kicking the black men out of the homes. Um, The other one is what you mentioned, mass incarceration. That's another way. And then we can look at the media. How are black men portrayed on on the media? They are either very whiny, very emotional. Um, or are there other thugs, you know, just or, you know, just this just dangerous men. And when you live in a in a community where 72 percent of our brothers and sisters are raised without fathers, if you are a young black boy and the only black men you see who are successful are the rappers, the gangsters or people who play sports, you may want to model that because you never had a dad in the home to show you what other alternatives is. Me personally, I had a very successful father. Um, you know, I mean, I looked up to him. I mean, I mean, his presence was known. And I think that's how my, you know, as far as me, you know, res- respecting and treating women, I saw that he led in every marriage he had. He, he was the leader. You know, he paid all of the bills. You know, he was the one setting all of the directors for the family. So, you know, watching that as a young man growing up, I know how to myself to treat women. You know, I don't expect women to take care of me. You know, I'm not, you know, constantly monitoring her, wanting to know what she's doing, not giving her the freedom to say anything to me, just, just you know, just being overbearing. But yeah, I think this is um, systematic to keep black men and women apart. And, you know, by keeping our family structure um, destroyed, I think the gender war is only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. What what do y'all think about what do y'all think about this? It almost seemed like he was saying to her that it's not that you can't have a man, it's 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 that in his opinion, you can't have that type of man, right? And um it, almost like telling somebody, look, you know, I know you want to make 150 <laughs> a year, but you got a GED, right? But she cannot. Well, she cannot have that kind of man. She cannot. Really? She doesn't <laughs> she does not qualify. Really? Okay. Well, I think, uh, explain, explain. I it's just it's just reality. Men, I agree. The, the man that the type of man that she seeks has options. He has concerns. He wants generational success. He wants to make sure that his money is not wasted. He wants to make sure that his wife represents him well and teaches his children well. It has to all match. Mm. And so she literally doesn't fit into that. So she's going to have to like marry somebody who handles garbage or an electrician or something more to her level, which she doesn't believe is her level. Oh, and she thinks that that's beneath her because of the income thing, right? Because she makes six figures. She feels like it's not a woman's income has absolutely nothing to do with 
how she matches with a man. Zero. Because a real man does not want a woman's money. Mm. He needs to make his own money. He needs to make his own money to feel the way that he needs to feel to be able to continue daily. So she what the only thing that a man that she's describing really seeks from a wife is the ability to have generational success success which means her child is another obstacle mm. right mm. he oh. you know if she can find a creative way and we we teach that if she can find a creative way for her son to be an asset instead of a liability then she has something mm. And it has to really match. It has to really fit. So, Chef, Chef Juan, you, you, you had something to say on that? Oh, go ahead, brother. Yeah, I honestly just think it really stems from her upbringing um, and what she learned from a woman. And a lot of that, um, I guess the, the, I guess her mentality definitely came from something she's seen, maybe her mom or some somebody she looked up to from a female perspective on how this is this is just like just the standard thing that a female needs to to be or whoever mother queen she looked at. And I think that's another issue in itself. In addition to what the brother was just speaking about, in terms of you know TV. stuff we learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this imagery thing in terms of yeah, exactly how, how women. You know, I like, think black women, these black women at this age have been raised by the TV. They yeah. literally aren't even listening to their parents if their no. parents did give them good advice. And right. the TV is just going to tell them the opposite of what they need to do to secure the life that they want. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and the yep. whole purpose of that is to make sure that black women keep being the working mules of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they brainwashed. Wow. wow, the working mules of America. Elaborate mm-hmm. on that. It's just that black women make so much more money in America and take so many jobs away from black men. And then they spend about 100% of what they make right back into the economy. They have tons of debt. Mm. They have created a system that literally keeps the entire world rolling with America at the top with all of the black women spending. That is true. That is a fact. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so if black women get married, if black women get married, we spend less money and we ruin the world economy. Mm. Well, well, you know, in the last election, there, there was a lot of conversation about black women saving America. And that, that almost fits your point. You know, when you think about, about you know, the Democrats were like specifically saying thank you to black women. They, they didn't thank they didn't thank the black men because a lot of black men are kind of jumping off that train. But but they thank the black women for putting them back in power. And, uh, and I think that's okay. I mean, I think that we all have reason to thank black women, but I think the question becomes, uh, what are the women getting out of it? And I think that's a, uh, that's, I, can, I don't even feel qualified Absolutely to answer that question. Nothing. Yeah, right. the what women are getting stressed, <laughs> we're getting cancer, nothing. we're dying young, we're having strokes. That's what we're getting out of it. Yeah. So, you know, loneliness, heart, yeah. just heartbreak, you know, being left with children alone. That's what we're getting out of it. I and teach women to take these jobs that they have bribed you with to ruin your life and tra- find a way to transfer it to the husband that you are, you know, are mm-hmm. marrying so that he can be the worker and you can be the nurturer. Then the mm-hmm. woman can per- focus on generational success, which is exactly what's not supposed to happen. Wow. Wow. Okay. Every- everybody well, was-, it was not designed to happen, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Mm. Well, everybody who's watching, by the way, uh, we brought together our all-black intellectual chocolate panel to talk about um, Kevin Samuels, a dating consultant who gave some pretty harsh advice to a woman. Uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, whatever platform you're on, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button, and no- notification bell. Uh, if you, if the panel is mm. okay with this, I'd like to play the clip one more time so we can look at it with a fresh eye. And then uh, I'd like to get you, you know, get your take on this again, because uh, I, I, I literally have so many things that went through my brain, like two pages of notes I took on it as I was observing this, that I literally have forced myself to zip it up. I have literally censored myself because I said, boys, if you start talking, you're going to be talking all day. And I want to hear from you all instead of hearing from me. They can hear from me later. So let me play this clip for you again so you can hear uh, hear what he said directly from his mouth. And the other thing I want to challenge the panel on as well is I think that we've done a really good job of pointing out where she could have done better. I'd like to know where you think he could have done better. Uh, Cause I, I believe he could have done better. I, I just do. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe that makes me a simp. I don't know. I, I hope not, but uh, you know, I, I love, I really love my woman and I got made fun of, but you know, I got called a simp and all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, because I got on my knees and talked about how much I loved her and talked about it in public. But I always felt that that is, um, it's real interesting. I have a very, very strong father and I mean, super strong. He's, he's killed people, right? My dad is not a, a punk, but I've seen him, uh, you know, show his strength by realizing that uh, the way you show your love to a woman is you uh, allow her to be that person that can kind of, you know, create some of those vulnerabilities where they might not exist otherwise. So um, so anyway, with that being said, let me just share the clip again, because I like to sort of talk about both sides on this, because I'm wondering if there's a way that we could actually help this woman, because we know she needs help, poor thing. Uh, as opposed to just tearing her down. So let me uh, share this clip, and uh, and then I'd love to get your thoughts on this. So here we go. I honestly wanted a six-figure guy, is what I'm realizing. And, man, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality, instead of just accepting it, it's like, yeah, but... Yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father, that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want. But you're still saying, pick me. They don't want mid-30-year-old baby mamas. I'm trying to be polite, man, but they don't want those. Can I ask you a question? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Why is that so? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, my from my point of view, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. They that they, they do have better options, but also those better options are younger girls. Those younger girls don't necessarily are necessarily twenty year olds are not necessarily attracted to forty five year olds. Bullshit. I'm 51 and I, and I can't beat them off with a stick. That's another one on you lies. No, younger women are always younger women are attracted to older men. What are you talking about? So can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay. So do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. That's what would you rank yourself on a scale from 1 to 10? You cannot use 7. Would I rate myself? Mm-hmm, just your face. Um, my face when I wake up five, but when I put myself together six. Okay. And how tall are you? Five five. Dress size. I'm sorry. 
Your dress size. A three. Okay. So that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average looking women tend not to get high earning men. They tend to get average men. So, um, did you, did you, I mean, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Breathe and digest. You're 35 years old and you can look around and see the world. You don't tend to see higher earning men with average looking women off rip. If you do see them, they got them. They got their average looking woman when they were both really young and he built his way up. But a man earning the kind of money you're talking about does not go for an average looking woman. I mean, my body is not average. So, but your ma'am, you please don't make me say it. Say what? I really just wanted some advice. I love you. I'm giving you, I'm giving you advice, but you're not taking it. The I'm, advice is ma'am, ma'am, you're average looking at best. I'm taking it in, but. Okay. But you're not accepting the fact that. Okay. Average looking women, average looking woman who's older, average looking older woman with a 13 year old son. Average looking woman with a 13 year old son with a sketchy baby daddy. This gets worse every time I say something. And now you're asking for a man who's in the top 10% of men. You don't qualify for one. And you're making, I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to go there, but when you put in all these other factors, why can't you just get a man that's an average guy? Sometimes I feel like um, in order to fully submit, I have to feel like he's in. Well, then you're gonna then you're gonna die alone. How about that? You, let me just cut to the chase, ma'am. Uh, you can feel like what you want to, but women like you die alone, straight up. Because you think you're better than the men that you qualify for. And the only reason, honestly, ma'am, that I can see a woman like yourself really thinking you deserve more is because you earn more because you earn more money than most people around you in North Carolina. But if your ass worked at the post office, you would not think so highly of your opportunities. And that's the reality. We don't men don't care about your money. Not the kind of men that you want. We don't care about your money. It ain't ours. We care about the fact that you are older and you got kids. And you're average. And your reality of your life has showed you that. You don't have the kind of men that you want knocking on your door trying to find you. See, what we've done in this country, this world, is we've told women like yourself that you can have it all and you got a Prince Charming who's six foot, six feet tall, six-figure income, jawline, all this other kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, man. No. 
most people get average people, especially average people. You're an average person. I mean, let's be real. You're not running Microsoft. You got you got a pet grooming business. You've been making six figures for the last three years. Okay. <laughs> but if I'm looking at you, but if I looked at you and I took all that off of you, all the eyelashes and all the hair, what do you look like under there? I mean, I look the same. I'm just... No, you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't have all that on. I'm sorry? No, you don't. You don't look the same because if you did, you wouldn't have all that on. So what is your advice for uh, okay. maybe that? All right, I'll tell you my advice, ma'am, because you're not listening to me. This is why I always recommend you need, you need to see therapy. Because you seem like a sweet woman, but you don't, but you're not getting it. You're being so mean. I'm not being, don't tell me I'm being mean. I've, I'm about to be mean. I get tired of you broads telling me I'm being mean because you cannot handle the goddamn truth. You called my show on the day that you ain't even supposed to be here. And I honored the call and sat here and tried to help you. And I'm telling you, telling me I'm being mean. Get the fuck out of my phone. Oof. Okay, so um uh <laughs> uh John, um did you get any more insights on the clip seeing it the second time? I know you were here in the very beginning. Uh what what do you think? Let's start let's start with maybe a way he could have done this better, if at all. Do you think this way he could have done it better and what, what could he have done? Uh maybe he could have let her um uh, explain at certain points when she was talking about uh, I think there was two different points where she was trying to explain something and he he did interject so he could have let her explain what she was saying I but then again I, I so th that's just from what I'm seeing in the video so I know there's other context outside of this from what Faye mentioned that we didn't see so he probably he's probably been repeating himself for the longest so that's probably why he was getting frustrated but he could have let her explain himself that's that's my critique from just looking at this video and he didn't have to uh, curse her out at the end of the video. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's just like when people are saying he's, he's being, like she was saying he's being mean and, yeah. and all the stuff, he, he was really just trying to help. And I, I know some people in the comments, they were saying, because uh, I was saying, you know, about correction out of love. And like, oh, he doesn't know her, he doesn't love her. So, but for a good portion of people who are Christian or or have some kind of a faith out of love. You can love somebody and not know them. I can I, I have love for everybody on this panel, everybody in the comments, everybody that's watching or who will watch after we're done here. I have love for all y'all. I want all of us to succeed. I don't necessarily have to know you to love you and want to help you. So we have to get away from all this person. Stop making excuses for every little thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. like he was trying to correct her and help her out of love. Otherwise, he wouldn't have accepted her on his, his program. She came to him. He didn't come to her. Right. That, that, and that's, that, I think that's an important point, right? He did, she did come to him. Now, I'm, I'm curious about, I'd like to ask the ladies about this. Uh, when I heard him, I kind of cringe when he said, you broads. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable as a man saying that. Um, I, I think that was a little bit much. Um, and I think it added fuel to the fire. It's, called, it's almost like when, um, when Snoop Dogg was dealing with Gail King, right? Did he really have to say what he said at the end, right? You, you could have made your point without saying that part at the end because it's, it's almost like that gives fuel to the fire. 
for all the people that want to criticize you. Um, so this is for either one of the ladies, either Faye or or Roe. What what do you even think about that? I mean, do you think that his language was uh, could have been better? And if so, how? I think um, that his language. Do you? Oh, sorry. Do you, no. Do you want to go, Roe, or do you? Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think that his language was absolutely incorrect. But coming from the same position as a person who deals with Black American women who think they're a ten. And how frustrating it is when they're really like a negative 380. It's just so off the mark that you're looking at reality and they're seeing something completely opposite. I know his frustration. Something like that is likely to fall out of his mouth. <laughs> mm. well, well, you know, it's interesting. He didn't say that she was like unlovable or that you'll never have anybody. He just said that you're expecting all of this and you're not even you know, bringing anything to the table. Cause so, so you're coming with these superficial expectations, but you can't even deliver the superficiality that would attract another superficial person. Right. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm a guy who, uh, who, you know, overweight and broke and I'm expecting to date, you know, Miss America. People would think that's crazy. Right. Maybe I'll get lucky, but people think that's crazy. Faye, Faye, what do you think? Go ahead. Um, to piggyback off of uh, what Ro just said, I didn't necessarily agree with the cursing, but upon watching the entire video, which I highly recommend everybody to do, um, because we're in this era of fake news and where a snippet can cause a riot, um, uh, he was fed up, you know? And I think what he felt was that she wasn't listening and that's very important when we're dialoguing and having in the, these kinds of conversations. It's about listening. And she really wasn't doing any active listening. I think what she was seeking from him was for him to validate the way she felt about herself. And she came across a bit entitled, particularly upon watching the second clip. If you pay attention, he said, what's wrong with getting an average guy? Mm -hmm. You just he waited that. for her to answer him, and she did not. Mm. That's why I said mm. she did not come across very self-aware. She seemed very conflicted. I think wow. that she was saying in terms of feeling like she wanted this six-figure guy and, and all of this entitlement was her piggybacking off of what all the women who comment in on the Shade Room blog says. We all, or most black women who work and make money feel they're entitled to men who make money. When making money just seems, you, you work a job, you have a business, you make money. All making money does is put you in a certain tax bracket. It doesn't entitle you to anything. And I can I can say this for a fact. You know, I, I, I haven't been broke for a long, long time. And I literally, Alicia literally could have made zero dollars and zero cents and still had all my love. I cared nothing about how much money she made. I don't, I never asked. I, you know, I, and, and, but maybe, maybe I'm old fashioned. I just kind of grew up where, you know, bringing the money to the table was something I felt like I needed to do as a man. I'd never look for that in a woman, you know, so I, but I think having someone that you can build with those is in a different category. Like Ro was mentioned that earlier, having a woman that, that says, okay, that's your lane over there. Here's my lane over here. And it seems to me that you have so many examples where, the men are jumping in the women's lanes and the women are jumping in the men's lanes. Cause we gotta be clear, you know, in addition to having, you know, uh, some incidents, instances of masculine women, you have a lot of feminine men. You know, I grew up watching my mama, 
be, you know, be the husband and the, and the wife. I grew up watching her do everything from wash the dishes to bringing home the bacon to from cleaning the kitchen to fixing the roof. And so, uh, so because maybe because she felt guilty because my daddy isn't here, she coddled me. Right. She raised my sisters and made them stern and disciplined, but she coddled me. So I'm growing up. And when I'm dating, I'm looking for a replacement for my mama. I see that a lot. I don't know if anybody else has seen that. I see a lot of guys who are looking for their a wife who will wear the pants and be the, the new mama. And, 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 and then what's interesting is you see women that are looking for men who fit that category. Like, so, so some of those women, the same way you, you have some men that really probably can't handle women at a certain level, you have a lot of women who don't like a man to be above a certain level. Like you show up and you're responsible and you've got your money right and you're in good shape. I, I think that, that there are so many people that are almost addicted to fixer-upper projects that when you show up and there's nothing to fix about you, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. You're, you're boring to me. I don't know. What, what do you all think about that That whole long string of you know thought I threw out there? Anybody? Well, well I just want to comment on because you, you said what, um, what would you say to Kevin Samuels? Um, the only thing I would say is the questionable thing about average looking because we can't really – you know, every man's, you know, view of beauty is different, uh, but we kind of get a standard of it. I would prefer him probably to go with her baggage of what she's bringing to the table because when she said, you know, well, I, my body, what she said was a seven or eight, whatever it is, um, <laughs> she thought that that alone qualifies for a high-value man to marry her. And then she was like, you know, um, she, she makes money. So I would probably focus, I mean, I'm not a dating coach, but I'm just saying, me personally, those areas would probably be the ones to focus on in average look. Because I see some dudes that make good money, but, you know, I, I, I'm not judging, but I'm just like, okay, I mean, their wives are. I'm trying to be respectful, you know, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. So I, I don't know if he can just look at her and be like, women who look like you physically can't get um, uh, high value, dude. I don't know if he can if he has anything to back it up to to make that statement. Well, you know, he did throw out the he did say ten to. I, I was listening to his words very carefully, and he said something like six figure men don't tend to date average women. So you know, again, it goes back to that analogy with you know you got a GED, but you want to make two hundred grand a year. Well, people with GEDs don't tend to make two hundred thousand a year, but there's exceptions to everything, right? Uh, you know, maybe you need to go start your own business. Maybe you need to go figure something out. But doing what you're doing now isn't going to get you there. And 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 where I am going to stand in support of of some of the tough love, and I, I believe she's listening. I think the reason that she was looking at her phone and laughing or whatever, to be honest with you, is I believe it was because her feelings were hurt. I think that she was she probably felt humiliated. Uh, and this is what made me sad for her because. Uh, she was internalizing this, right? This man I respect is beating me down and tearing me all these terrible things. And I'm hoping that she can actually go back and, and reconsider everything and, and, and reflect on that and realize that some of what he said is true. It just came in a weird package. You know, that that's that cognitive dissonance thing. If you tell somebody something completely different from what they believe, their first reaction is always going to be angry. They're going to get pissed off at you. But then maybe two days later, Alicia does it. You know, she'll tell me something. I'll, and it, it will, because it's so different from what I believe, I'll get mad. And then two days later, I'll be like, all right, all right, okay, we'll try it your way. Right? I don't know. What, what do you all think about that? I think that the selfishness of the Black American woman is astonishing for her to actually believe that all of that comment was just about bashing her. He mm -hmm. made it very clear that he was commenting for everyone to learn from. So the fact that Black America is in an uproar when the comment 
was really for people to learn from. This man gave his time on a day where he was not supposed to, to teach, to reach black women in general. And for people to try to think it's about one woman goes back to this selfish problem again. It wasn't really, just, it wasn't all about her. Mm. If, I, if I may add to that, um, one of the things I think a lot of people, one of the reasons, this is a theory I have that everybody um, is in uproar about, is the messenger. They don't have a problem mm. with the message. They have a problem mm. with the messenger. The messenger mm. is a heterosexual mm. black man. Mm. Professional. I believe in my heart had this message came from a Dr. Phil or if this message had come from Don Lemon or someone like that, it would mm. have been received differently. Totally. But because this is a heterosexual, professional black male giving mm. his perspective about relationships to this black woman, they want to make her feel like he was bullying her. Mm. That she was this wounded bird that fell out of a tree. She is not. This is a grown woman over 35, and she is also a mother. He was direct. He was straightforward. In my opinion, he was far more polite by comparison to an Iyala Banzan or a Gary B or even a Dr. Phil for anyone who chimes into his show enough. I think he was far more polite. He cursed at the end, but I think there was a reason. I know that there was a reason for that. But I think it's mm. the messenger rather than the message that everybody has a problem with. Mm. Uh, what do the fellas have to say about that? I mean, do, do you feel that, do you feel heard? Like, you know, do you feel that you are allowed to share your point of view and have it be heard? Or do you feel that uh, there are people that have a problem when a black man speaks? Anybody? No, I, I definitely feel like um, American media in general has definitely, it's the, the propaganda that, uh, T was talking about the other day. They have been pushing that, pushing that, pushing that to where no one really wants to listen to a black man. Mm. You know, if if he says something, then they take offense to it. Oh well, well, who are you anyway? That's the first question. Who do you think you? What does this person do? Why did this? That's why when I first started talking about Kevin Samuels at the beginning, I was like, okay, he is a, an image consultant. He is making well above six figures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because I already know, I think there was a comment where somebody was like, well, who was he? And all this other stuff, because they, we always want to, and that's, that's been ingrained in us. We've been trained with what Bro was saying, like watching the media. You don't realize with the stuff that you're watching, we are being taught to not like ourselves, to not like black men. And you are pushing black women more so as the leaders Instead of black men, not saying that they can't be leaders. There's plenty. There's plenty of great women leaders, like queens that that, that rule nations. Yeah, they, of course, black women are amazing. That's why black girl magic. But also, black men are amazing too. <laughs> we have some black boy magic, you know. So, and if if there's no room for us to be great, you are going to have this divide. You are going to have conversations like this to where no one is listening. And listening is imperative. Like sometimes you have to quiet yourself. And when someone is giving you a, if you come into advice or if they're trying to give you a critique again out of love, take that. I mean, the first thing, yeah, you know, you might get offended. And it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time. But work on that to where mm. you're not so emotional and triggered every time somebody is trying to correct us out of love. We need correction. You can't grow if you're not allowing somebody to help you. And that's 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 the thing I'm seeing here. Like she, yeah, this, she might. Right. A few days later, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, 
she she was triggered and everybody people else get, yeah so people get triggered and offended rather than actually uh taking the advice okay that, that makes sense that's a good point you know and and what i want to share with you all is um here is a survey we took it's a straw poll it's not scientific and it's definitely biased because these are people that are on on you know that, that are on my twitter page right so y'all know that the, the black people that follow me are not not your average negroes but um, what I did was I asked him, I just basically asked a basic question. I said, a dating consultant spoke to a woman this week. And after a heated discussion in which he concluded that her expectations were too high, he told her that she was average at best and would die alone. What do you think about his remarks? 52.3% of the respondents said he was right to be direct. 23.6% said he was too harsh. And 70% didn't see it. 6.9% said they're not sure. So it looks like the majority of the community feels that what he did was was right on point and he should have um, delivered what he did. Uh, so do me a favor, everybody. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. Please hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And also, uh, we actually made films about black relationships. We, we care about this a lot. And uh, our film series is called The Black Love Blueprint. So if you want to learn more about it, you can go to theblackloveblueprint.com and uh, maybe learn a little bit more. And that, that actually gets to my point. You know, I know, Ro, you have a wife school and I know that uh, there are people I know, Faye, you, you teach people on different areas uh, related to business and other things. But I'd be curious, you know, you know, I, I almost believe that if people want to solve the problem, right, if your problem is, you know, OK, I am single and I want to meet a good partner. It seems to me that uh, you'd want to get some training to learn how to do that. Right. The answers are out there. There are books out there. There there's classes. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. Um, I, you know, I also know that for many of us, because as John mentioned, we get so easily triggered, a lot of us need therapy. You know, th this racism thing is, has made a lot of us kind of crazy. And uh, and and sometimes we don't know how to deal with each other, how to love each other. You know, I, I might be, seem like I'm mad at you, but really I'm mad at my mother or maybe I'm mad at my dad, you know? And, and so uh, I'd be curious to know, what do you think that plays a role in terms of, um, uh, I, with Ro, I'll start with you, Ro. Uh, you know, wife school, for example, the wife school that you have, what are some of the transitions that you've seen uh, from African-American women that that maybe that want to go? To, I know just the term wife school is going to piss some people off. Right. I, I can't imagine what you must get. Maybe you can talk about that. But what transition do you see in terms of uh, people just learning how to deal with a man, like how to talk to a man? I, I think that's important. What do you think? OK, so the main thing to know about wife school is that we start all the way from the beginning. We do talk about um, necessary things that are going to help people to heal from traumas and oppression and stress. And then we get very, very deep into understanding the psyche and instinct of masculine men and the difference between a man and a boy. We go very, very, very deep about how important it is to represent yourself as if you have been raised and that you have protection from a masculine father with the results that we see all the way at the end of wife school is nearly 100% of our graduates are married. And mm. they usually do not marry wealthy men, but they also don't necessarily marry poor men. Mm. But with our women, we teach them how to multiply the money in their family. We teach them that they don't need to work, how to make passive income, how to multiply the, the money that the husband brings in. And usually within two to four years, they actually become on their way or, or actually wealthy. And for us, we count wealthy as $8 million minimum. 
And so we're just not playing. Did you, say, wait, did, you say, did you say eight? Yes, eight million minimum. Okay. Just checking, please continue. <laughs> you know, and our group is so quiet. We're not a group of ladies who are loud. And so we get a lot of chatter around what we do, but you won't hear a lot of chatter in return because our mm. ladies are feminine and graceful and quiet and know how to keep um, their family in the best esteem. Mm. So we're just not playing around. So if you want to win, you go to high school. And if you don't care, you just stay wherever you are. You know, they will call you a, a mammy. <laughs> they, will, they will call you a mammy because it's just ridiculous in our community where, you know, if a black woman has, you know, if she was, you know, she had a responsible father in her life, you know, why would she then get older and just start bashing men when, you know, she, she was raised up underneath a man who was a great example to her. So, you know, I'm just reading the chat and a lot of people are calling her a mammy. You know, it's, it's, it's almost just, you know, you can't say anything respectful for a black man or even just put yourself in a black man's shoes and just to see what he is looking for in a woman. And a lot of what the sister said was correct. You know, we are looking for, you know, you know, feminine women, women who are very cooperative and, and, you know, other things that she was saying, but, you know, and she's just being called a mammy. This is we say submissive and women go nuts. Mm. And when we say submissive, black women think that that means doormat. We literally and specifically teach women that we are not playing with the doormat thing. We are neither bullies nor doormats. But in black America, women are either bullies or doormat because of trauma. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so what we yeah, really have to find is a balance, not a doormat and not a bully. Somebody mm. who knows how to be, how to have limitations that are real and respectful for themselves and for their family. But also submission is power. And it is not, there mm. is absolutely nothing wrong with knowing how to sweetly and beautifully create wealth. And I don't mean well. So, so role for for those who are are who seem to understand that, uh, can you explain when you say submission is power? Um, I think that's contrary to what a lot of people uh, believe. Uh, how how is submission power? Okay, I have a great example. If a woman is not having cooperation for something that is needed for the family, and her husband may not see what is needed for the family. And she just serves more and gives more and cleans up more and does the floor more, hands and knees and everything just to show how serious she is. There becomes a level of um, bonding, a level of trust, a level of the man saying to himself, I can't treat somebody who does all this with nothing but respect. Mm. Wow. Wow. You, you know, that makes me think about uh, something I remember learning, you know, because, again, because I, I hear relationship therapy stuff all the time. That's what Alicia does. And and recently I heard about a concept where they were talking about the best way to gain influence is to give up influence. You know, if, if I if I allow you to to feel empowered when you're communicating with me, then you're going to empower me. It becomes also, we're not talking about tricking men. And a lot of uh, women think that that's what we're referring to. We're talking about actually having genuine compassion for your husband to win. And if you're coming to wife school to learn how to trick men, then you're in the wrong place. If you don't care about your husband, 
try harder, try harder, try harder. Yeah. Because the more a wife cares about her husband, the more he's going to do for her. And the more she does for her, the more solid the entire family is for generations. And everybody's thinking about the weekend and they're thinking about what's happening the next month. But in our family, for six generations and more, and in my husband's family, for six generations and more, because where we came from, we had French slavery. And so in our slavery, we were allowed to have land and be legally married. And that's how we got freedom. So in our families, we had so, so, so much marriage several generations back. We don't take that lightly. The way that we operate is to continue generational marriage, which we know causes generational success. I come from a similar background. Um, Boys, you know, I say all the time, and maybe T knows this too. I'm a Black traditionalist. I am only one of three people in my family who has ever gotten divorced. And I got married fresh out of high school and going into college. Okay. That is what you do. That is who you are. And it's like, it's been passed down for almost 200 years in my family going back. And I didn't even look that up until I started tracing my ancestry. Every single person, more than over 79% of the people in my family got married, stayed married, and the women served their husbands. The women served their children. The women served the home. This word submissive and submission is so interesting to me because one thing that I cannot understand, and I just need someone anywhere to explain it to me. Why is it a problem for a woman to submit to her husband, but it's not a problem for her to submit to her boss? She will submit to a job. She will submit to her supervisor. She will submit and commit to a job so that she can collect a paycheck every every two weeks. She will take off her bonnet for the job. Exactly. (laughs) But when it comes to your husband, When it comes to even in many cases, your children, because you have single mothers who choose jobs over their children. Okay. Why Mm. is that okay? But when it Mm. comes to a job, you don't question it. Mm. Without a single shadow of a doubt, you will go ahead on and do what that boss says and do commit to the terms of the contract you have with your job or whatever your duties are to your job and forgo the whole household. Mm. Because black women are America's, because black women are America's work mules for 401 years. It is is not, it's so obvious that it's spooky. We're not supposed to be coupled with our men. They were taken from us since 1619. That's right. Well, you know, what a lot of people would also say though, that, um, that that a woman will submit to the boss because the boss can pay the bills, right? And I, I wonder about that, right? If you if you talk about submission, which I I, I asked you about submission role because I I also see the power in submission. Um, I and I, I also saw it as not necessarily being gender specific. I saw my mother submit to my father. I saw my father submit to my mother, and you know, in the sense that they both kind of had lanes that they stayed in. And there were times when dad took over. There were times when my mother took over. And and my father said, "Okay, you know how you you know what your mama wants." So just you know, and and I and I saw that back and forth, right? And uh, and also, I I just fundamentally believe that um, in terms of the challenge for the black man is that women who are open minded about submitting to a man are more interested in submitting if the man really steps forth with his manhood. 
If he makes it okay, 100 so that is so, I love this topic. The first thing that I would love to say about this is men, husbands do submit to their wives, okay? When they decide to be the husband, they decide to submit to their wives and they decide that if something goes down, they're going to give their life, right? That's submission. It is. Mm-hmm. But the other thing to understand is, you know, there are so many factors to why we are like this now. And people cannot forget the fact that we are grossly confused people who are Mm -hmm. totally controlled by the media. We don't know what we think. We're literally copying going, my opinion is blah, 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 blah. Something I heard on TV yesterday. Mm. You know? Well, well, you know what? Um, uh, At least I'm 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 going to submit to um, (laughs) to the the chat. Um, Dr. Alicia, my, my fiance, she's a relationship therapist. She has some things to say about about this whole, you know, clip situation. And uh, first of all, uh, good to see you, babe. I'm glad you're here. This is, this is the first time we've done anything like this together, so I can't promise it's not gonna uh, end in chaos. But uh, but but I'm gonna do my part to keep the peace on this. But but okay, so Alicia, um, or Dr. Alicia, she's a uh, she's a doctorate. She's a doctorate in social work and. Um, is a relationship therapist, uh, very accomplished. She's a full professor, actually, not just an assistant or associate. She's very highly accomplished in that field. Uh, so did you see the clip? Yeah, we watched a little bit of it this morning. And this interview hurt my soul. It made me feel so bad for this young lady. Like, I felt like this relationship therapist really, or is he a coach or what is he? I don't know what he is. But I felt like... He's a consultant. A consultant. I felt like he... He spoke to her with such contempt. He was very demoralizing to her. I felt that he was extremely demeaning to her. What he said made sense, you know, but it was the way he delivered the message. And I kept thinking, oh my God, I feel so sorry for her. I almost felt like she could have been like traumatized by some of the things he was saying to her. I mean, he asked her questions that were extremely superficial. He was asking her questions about what she looked like. He asked her questions about um, her dress size. How is your dress size even important with finding a good man or finding a relationship? It's it's her self-love. I would have, if I was interviewing her and I asked her, how do you think you look? And she said a five or a six. I would have spent my time focusing on how she feels about herself. You know, what is it that you feel like you're a five or a six? Because I, I saw a beautiful woman personally. I saw a beautiful black woman. Um, it sounds as if she's interested in the six figure. And I, that would have been curious to me. Like, I would have liked to have talked to her and asked her, like, how did you come to the conclusion that having six figures is all of a sudden going to make that man important to you? So it just seems as if, um, and and also he made her feel, some of the words he said made me feel sorry for her as a single mother. I'm a single mom, technically. I know a lot of single mothers who have a lot to give in relationships. I felt that it was traumatized. It was traumatizing for me to watch it. And I also feel that if you want to help somebody, the best thing you can do for that person is to demonstrate empathy for them. Like she's coming to him for help. Why couldn't he just listen to her and listen to where her experiences are, what she experienced, and then take that and try to give her some constructive advice? He totally humiliated her on television or on 
social media. It's all over everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. And I think that as Black men and women, when we speak to each other, it should be with the utmost level of respect, the utmost level of love. To watch that uh, made me feel sad. I was very disappointed in a professional who's helping someone approach that situation like that. Well, that, that's a good point. So I'd like to ask you all about this, and um, anybody can join, jump in. And if I don't, if I don't call you, feel free to just kind of do this. That way, I, I know, um, you know. But um, you know, he is a professional, right? He's a professional. He's a consultant. And uh, now I'd be the last one to criticize a professional who cusses, right? Because y'all know me, I cuss like a sailor. I get it from my daddy. I can't, you know, it's it's, it's on him. But um, but you know, it did seem like it kind of spun into the space of of, of getting a little bit harsh. Um, like I said, with, with that use of the word broads, you know, you broads, like I, I you know, you, you didn't have to say that. And then also, um, it, it really was almost like the battle of the superficial. I heard her, you know, her saying, my goal is to get a, a six figure man. That's all you want. Like, that's real. I know a lot of six figure men who might, you know, who might leave you with a broken heart, a baby and some STDs. Right. <laughs> so a six figure man does not make a good man. Right. And I think that's, and that's to be clear, you know, for all the men that are not six figure men who are high quality men. Right. But then so so it's like superficial meets superficial. So he, she comes in saying, I want a six figure man. And then he comes in and says, well, what do you look like? Right. <laughs> you know, are you a five or a six or whatever? And, and that made me wonder, you know, th- that made me sort of think, OK, this conversation, I think a lot of people can't even just relate to the superficiality of the whole discussion that. That you know that a woman only wants a six figure man. That's all that matters. And men only want you know a big button, a smile, and that's all that matters. I think it's deeper than that. I think it's more complex than that. Um, I, I haven't heard from the guys in, in a minute. Uh, uh, Chef, do you have um, something you want to say on, on that? Yeah, I just think yeah, I think she needed or he needed to really um, dive into like what innately is is, is wrong with her. I mean, like any if, if he's a therapist, yeah, he needed to really dive in deep and try to find out. Well, you know, well remember what, though, he, he, well, remember though, he, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you. I was gonna say he, he's not, um, he, but he's not a therapist, though, right? Remember, he's well, a yeah. consultant. Right? Yeah, he's, right. a, he's an image consultant. Yeah, maybe consultant. you know, honestly, honestly, I, maybe she's on the wrong platform or the wrong show. Maybe that, that, that's that might be one problem. Yeah. But I think she has some 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 insecurities or issues that stem from the fact that. Again, I don't believe she um, really identifies with what womanhood is. Kind of what Roe was uh, pointing out was that if you have these, you know, examples of what a true woman is, you would, you know, know how to conduct yourself as a woman. Or if you've been exposed to what, you know, a woman's role is and what she does when it comes to, you know, being in a relationship with a man, then she would have, you know, she wouldn't be so superficial about, well, you know, you know, you, you saw my body, you know, that, you know, it's more to it than that. It's more to it than, you know, like you're saying, you know, and that I think is a problem with the society in general with young women nowadays. That's, it's just like, they're not focused on um, kind of, you know, it kind of reminds me of the scene in um, uh, the Spike Lee movie. Um, I think Jungle Fever. And um, I think the son, the Italian son, was talking to the Italian dad, and he was, you know, uh, you know, talking about you know respect for the you know the wife that died, and he was like, you know, but she, she you know, he raised his hand. I can't remember the actor that, that played the role, but um, he, he he basically said, you know, she always did her duties, 
And a lot of times I tease my wife about that. And I say, you know, you know, make sure you do your duties, you know. And but, you know, it, it's not that, you know, that you have some kind of slave that you're sleeping with or anything like that. Somebody you're controlling. But it's just like we all like a man has his role. A woman has her role. And when those roles are understood and mess together, then you kind of, you know, can can, you know, like Rose said, you know, support each other in a way, I guess, emotionally, financially, um, physically, all that. All that comes well, let me let me jump in. Let me jump in and ask this. Then. Um, when you talk about what, uh, you know, what she wanted, she wanted six figures. Uh, so he said, OK, you want six figures. What do you look like? What's your weight size? Um what do you think that um, that men are looking for? I mean, we can talk. We can talk for sure, right? About the super superficiality we've seen from oh, that, yeah. some That's young women, not yeah. all young women, right? But for some young women, what about the superficiality of some young men? Um, you know, I, I I do I do believe that part of how we how part of how men behave is driven by women. Part of how women behave is driven by men. And I go to Instagram and I see. You know, I, I see a really smart, you know, some smart, some of my really smart female friends who are saying really smart things who have a couple thousand followers. But then I have another friend who, you know, loves to take selfies and show her booty and she'll have a hundred thousand, you know, followers. So do you think that there's something going on also with the men in terms of uh, of men not looking for the right things and is driving uh, certain types of behavior from the women as well. I don't know what do you guys think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, if you know, it just goes back to the media. I mean, how are most of our women depicted on the media? You know, they're mostly half naked, booty out. I mean, for crying out loud, the Democrats had a a, a, a go vote campaign for black men with a bunch of strippers mm-hmm. stripping, and then they stopped the broadcast to tell black men to go vote, and that's just that image. Look at these big, beautiful black women with their big old booties. Okay, now that we got your attention, go vote. So, yeah, um, that is driving a lot of our brothers to where, you know, a lot of us is just, you know, we're just looking at the booty. (laughs) We're not looking at the mind. But I I understood his question when he was like, what's your dress size? Because I believe, um, and this may be taboo, but, you know, some, you know, if if you make that much money as a man, you probably want your woman to be fit. Like, you know. I mean, that's just what guys like, you know, I mean, if you look at who guys typically put as models, they're, you know, women who are typically in shape. So, I mean, that's that's kind of hard to bring because I know a lot of women don't like to hear that, but it's true. So I, I understood that aspect of him asking her, what's your dress size? Because if she's 400 pounds, I mean... That's gonna it's gonna be hard out there for you. Well, it's, it's you know it's, it's gonna play a part, right? I mean, people are just gonna like what they like, right? And that's what it is, and it's their right to want what they want and like what they like. And it almost seems to me like again, maybe because the way my brain operates, I'm a problem solver. So if you tell me you're looking for a certain type of man, I'm gonna say, okay, how do, how do, how do we make that happen? What what are you bringing to the table? And I will admit, I didn't hear her say much about what she was bringing to the table. Other than her six-figure career, which uh, I know, I, I know most men I know that make good money don't care about that stuff, right? So <clears throat> I think that at the very least you could say maybe you're solving the problem in the wrong way, unless you've already solved it on your own, in which case you wouldn't even be here asking how do you, how do we solve this problem? So so what do you think about that? I mean, it almost seemed to me that uh, the, the question becomes where can she get the help that she needs so that she can have what she really wants. She needs to learn how to be a natural woman. Mm. This host sees the wigs. 
This host saw the eyelashes and the excessive makeup and the long nails and all of this other, this other, these other things. The host also knows that if she takes all of that stuff off, she won't be embarrassed because nobody will recognize her. That's Ooh. just logic. Mm. Yeah, she won't be embarrassed by it. the video. She can take off the wig and people will not recognize her. Wow, yeah, I have to agree with that because that's one thing that I I can say as a man, and I have some friends that do agree with that because we've talked about that a lot. That when I'm looking at a woman and there is a lot of makeup and like almost over, like it's it's almost like you you put on a whole mask. It's like a, a, the Joker Joker makeup almost in a sense where it's just you can you can scrape it off. This is too much for me, but. If I'm a lot of times, me and my best friend, we're sitting there thinking about what does she look like underneath all that makeup. And I know that probably seems messed up or something, but I, I mean that's real because men are visual creatures. Men are visual, and a lot of people take that the wrong way. It is not mm -hmm. just about that that the men want the women to look a certain way. Women who cover themselves that much are liars. Yeah, what are you hiding? And Ooh. and men know that they're mm. liars. Wow, that's that's really deep. You say that because. Um, you know, I, I didn't even realize that whenever I really, the times where I've really been in love with a woman, she almost always never wore makeup or rarely wore makeup, right? You know, and, yeah, and there was something about wearing all the out. makeup. You know, first of all, you could get called, oh, can you hear me? Okay, I, I didn't know if you can hear me now. Okay, uh, uh, you know, first of all, you know, you can you can worry about a rope-a-dope, you know, that, yeah, that you, you could. Know, like Rose you, you can have somebody that looks really good, um, you know, on the surface and then the makeup comes off and it, you know, it's getting to the point where in some cases you say, my God, that's a complete transformation. And it's very, it may, it may be, it makes me feel sorry for people in that category where you've worn so much makeup that, you know, maybe your skin is damaged at that point because that, that makeup doesn't do good things for your skin. So then you get to the point where you can attract men because you know how to make the makeup perfect, but you're afraid to take it off. Because you sold him one thing, and and he's you know and he's gonna see something else in the morning. I don't know how people deal with that, you know. And so I've never felt comfortable enough to say anything about that because I, I don't believe that it's my right to tell women like, oh, don't wear makeup. That's a, it's a personal I, thing. But I will say that there there is something to that. We literally it, study men, and it's not. And the most interesting thing about studying men is that every single man will say, "It's just me. I can't speak for most men." <laughs> every mm. man says that. But we wow. and my father did his best to teach me everything that I know about men. My father did an excellent job. And one of the main things that he explained to me about the makeup was that it no actual man can be attracted to a woman who wears excess makeup. If a man is attracted to a woman who wear, wears excess makeup, that's actually a male. Wait, that's actually, oh, a male, not a man. Wow, that's that's deep. What do you all think? Um, everybody in the chat, give me a yes or no. Yes or no. Uh, do you think that too much makeup is a problem or do you think that it's it shouldn't matter? What do you think? Give me a yes or no in the chat. Um, everybody, in case, in case you're watching, we're doing an all-black intellectual chocolate panel about uh, Kevin Samuels, the uh, dating consultant who gave some pretty harsh advice to a young lady about dating. He pretty much said that she was average at best, that she would die alone. Uh, and uh, if you guys are watching on any platform, if you could take one second, we're building black media. 
Uh, if everybody right now can hit the thumbs up button. Uh, right now, everybody, please, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Also, hit the subscribe button, the notification bell, et cetera, so that we can notify you when we go live. Uh, we're going to do these panels regularly all throughout the week. And so what, I, what I'd like to do, to, I guess, close this out here, is I'd like to give every panelist uh, you know, maybe 90 seconds or so to make your final statement on and also, by the way, if you have a website or social media, people can follow you on. If you can mention that at the end, I'd appreciate that because uh, I know, Ro, people are asking about your wife's school. So uh, hopefully, you know, you'll get some uh, supporters on that. Um, and, uh, and and so, so I'd like to close this out because I, I really want I like the conversation because uh, we were able to hit it from a lot of different perspectives. And I think it's such a delicate thing. It's such a painful thing for so many people that I didn't want. I, I think you can have a conversation like this that's honest without being hurtful. Because uh, I know a lot of not just women that are hurt by this, but men too. Men that feel hurt because they're not being listened to. Right. So uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Dr. Alicia. Uh, did you have a closing uh, statement you'd like to make? Yeah, I do. And I, I agree with that whole thing. Women, women falsely believe that they need to be fake and wear fake hair and have made a ton of makeup on in order to attract a man. And that's not really what attracts a man. Men really do like natural beauties. And I also think on the flip side of that, women, we don't really care that you're driving the nicest car. I kind of feel like men want to show off and say, oh, I'm driving this nice car because I want to attract women. That is not what attracts us to you. <laughs> it's how you treat us. It's how you talk to us. It's um, it's how you interact with us. Not the fact that you have this flashy car or flashy jewelry and all of these things that you think that that's what women want. So that's another thing. Um, I came on here because Boys, 50% of the people you surveyed said that they agreed with that man's approach. And so I, when I came on here thinking that I was going to get a lot of um, comments that how he approached her and what he said to her um, was appropriate. And so that's why I, that's what made me come on is to say that his approach wasn't appropriate. And I'm looking in the chat and I saw someone make a comment about simping. And I don't. I really have an issue with that whole concept that, that just because a man speaks to a woman with respect and dignity and they speak to each other with respect and dignity does not mean that you're simping. I don't even know where that word came from. It needs to go away. <laughs> I think that we all have to like um, really demonstrate respect and how we speak to each other. So mm. those are my comments. Um, I don't have any way for anybody to follow me on social media. <laughs> I don't even get on social media. And um, but thank you, boys, for inviting me. I appreciate yeah, I'm, it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And uh, and I let everybody. Everybody needs to know that her opinions will not always be my opinions. You know. No. I, and um and it's it's a matter of um and I, I think it's really good you know to be honest about you know I like I talk about Alicia not just because I love her but because. Um, I, I felt like we were kind of lacking as a community of a lot of good examples of just normal relationships and and black men really expressing profound appreciation and love for black women. Uh, we got a lot of brothers out here that for some reason don't like or respect black women. And I think that's just that's sad, atrocious. And it, it affects our very survival. You know, we're all here because of a black woman. I mean, they are the key to life. Right. So if you don't support black women, you're supporting the death of your community. So I hope you guys agree with that. So John, uh, what's, the, what's your final word, brother? Bye, Bye baby. Uh, my, my final word is that, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and going back to that submission uh, topic, because I, I came from a two-parent household, mother and a father. Um, 
my mother was submissive to my dad, but also just like you said, my dad was submissive to my mom. So there's nothing wrong with submission, um, especially when it comes to men and women having these relationships. We, and one of the things I wanted to touch on was that uh, we need to stop avoiding accountability for for where we are. And I think that's what Kevin was trying to talk to her about, like where you are and where you can go from here. But he really couldn't get to that point because she wasn't listening to what he was saying. And we need to stop being so angry and defensive when it comes to being uh, being critiqued and also uh, corrected. And like I said, especially when it's coming from a place of love. And lastly, stop being so emotional about everything. If it's not really an attack against you, it's not unless you allow it to be, you know, because we we want to feel attacked about any and everything. And we're taking on this cause from from this group of people and that group of people and this and we, we as a black community are so divided that it's really, really sad. And I'm glad that we have this channel that we can at least come together and try to get on one accord or at least have a discussion to where we can at least compromise or or just hash out our thoughts. So that's basically what I was saying. I, I pray for this sister that, you know, that she can find herself and just like Rose said, can develop into the woman that she needs to be in order to find somebody that, that matches her level. You know, and and that deserves it. Will treat her right, and and vice versa. She can treat him right, and hopefully Kevin can be a, maybe a little kinder with you know his his tone, like like towards the end of the message. But you know, hey, keep speaking the truth, brother. And regardless of what people say, just just keep it real with people because people don't like real. Okay, uh, T, uh, what's your final word, brother? Well, that's just interesting, and um, we are unique in our community where we have, you know, you know, black men only having, you know, issues with women and how to deal with it, and then we have black women and their groups having issues with men and how to deal with men, and this all just stems back to just a broken family. Like a lot of black folks, uh, unfortunately, have not been raised in a home where they see a man and a woman getting along. This is causing friction. You know, and, you know, some some black men who had great fathers and mothers are being called simps for, you know, correctly pointing out, you know, bad black behavior that they see in black men because they saw that their own father didn't behave that way, nor did they treat their mother that way and vice versa. Some black women are being called mammies for just speaking the truth about how women are supposed to behave. So, yeah, th this is the problem with our community. And um, I truly agree with Roe when Roe went back to the media. It just promotes this. You know, we are the only community that promotes being single and independent is the way to go. And I just don't think that's how men and women were created. Like, um, even if you go just back in the early, you know, 17, 1800s, when you look at how men and women behave, you know, the men who are very productive, you know, or, or leaders in their communities always get the most women. That's just how it always was. And I, th and, and I think it's that biological synergy between men and women is how we are, we are where we are to today. You know, we got, you know, laptops where we can talk to each other. People are going to the moon, but this is just men being productive because this is what our women want. Women love productive men. So that's that's one way that gets men out there. So yeah, and, and vice versa, you know, we want our women to be feminine and very companion to us. So yeah, um, that's pretty much my final thoughts on these matters. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, the next thought um, is uh, Ro. Uh, Ro, did you want to go ahead and um, uh, share your final thought? 
Oh, you know what? Ro is muted. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Sorry about oh. that, Ro. And by the I, way, to the panel, I, 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 had, to, I had to mute some of you guys just because of the background noise. Just to go, go ahead, please, Ro. It's been my observation for the past 22 years that Black America lives in an ignorant bubble. You know, mm. less than 1% of us leave America and we literally don't know how the rest of the world operates in an opposite way that we do. And so we just keep defending it and defending it. And we have a situation where our government has been trying specifically to demoralize us. Hmm. Specifically. There's a project called the Demoralization Project. It was supposed to take 40 years. It only took about 25 years to remove the morals from America. And then we have this other thing called the Rat Utopia Project. And everybody watching needs to find out what that is. This was a study that America found, uh, paid for in order to find out how to remove the man from the Black family and to make Black America independent of e each other, the man and the woman independent of each other, and solely independent on the government or go to extinction. And it's called the rat or mouse utopia experiment. And these rats were treated exactly the same way as Black Americans are treated because they used the study to determine how to treat us and how to ruin our families. It worked perfectly. We fall for it every day. Every single day we're having arguments with each other that make no sense because we're supposed to argue with each other. Hmm. We don't understand each other. We think that the opposite gender is an enemy and we are out of control. Mm. Mm. I can say nothing more, but the fastest way to heal our problems is literally to find your way to Africa. It's your fastest way. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's so uh, very powerful. Oof. Very. Did y'all did y'all agree? Did, did y'all get frozen by what she just said? So wow. Um Okay, well, let me uh, slap myself back into reality after that. I, I feel like I just got dragged through the twilight zone with that one. That's, <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to be sending you a message because I need to know more about some of this because uh, we, we need to talk about this more. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That was that was heavy. Uh, okay, so um, my brother Juan, uh, did you uh, would you like to sh share your final thought? Yeah, I'd just like to say it was a pleasure being on again, um, but I would say that, you know, we all biologically designed men and women to design a certain way. And uh, I remember when I first got divorced, um, there was a book. And I can't remember the name of the book to save my life right now, but um, it was by Miles Monroe. And uh, it discussed how men think and how women think and how, you know, the man is to understand, you know, his woman in, in, in a lot of biblical terms, I believe it, it related to. Um, I think that's what, again, is probably the solution is us understanding what really makes the opposite sex tick in, 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 in true form and not, you know, what we're being, you know, thrown into thinking all the time. And I know, you know, I know Dr. Boyce, you mentioned like on occasion that, you know, we we're human beings, you know. And, you know, we do have our tendencies or whatever or likes and dislikes. But at the same at, at the end of the day, at the core of, you know, us as you know, black, black human beings, black men, black women, you know, we have a unique 
genetic makeup that you know you know that we are are the chosen the chosen ones I, I believe and then we're the ones that totally understand you know once once we understand you know what makes a black woman tick and what, what more more so importantly what makes us tick as as a black man black woman then we can you know prove what has already been proven in in his historical terms in terms of mm. you know where we came from right okay that kind of ties into what Rose said you know just getting you know back to the core back back to africa back to what, what you know where where civilization started for us for the world pretty much all right you know uh, well that that helps i mean i, I agree I mean, when, when i went to africa it was um it's definitely a transformative experience i can't wait to go back and so uh let's go to miss Faye. uh miss Faye, what what are your parting words um uh for for the panel for the audience I will be very quick because those were some very, I think everybody has pretty much gave, given some good uh, wrap up feedback. But for me, I think in order to understand other people, you first have to understand yourself. Please learn how to practice self-awareness. There is nothing like it. When you practice self-awareness, it helps you to understand who you are what you're doing, no matter who is watching, you know, it helps you to understand um, self-accountability and the principles you stand on in your character and your integrity and where you could take it. It's the only way, you know, we are able to discern what it is we're seeking in a significant other or a potential mate in any relationships, including our relationships, our familial relationships. You have to practice self-awareness because I feel like when you have that going on, you don't have to go on YouTube channels and YouTube shows to people like Kevin Samuels to seek relationship advice, um, you know, at 35 mm. years old. This isn't to clown anybody, but I just think it's very important that we understand. It's important to understand who you are and figure out who you are so that you can know what you want. Um, that's all I have to say with that. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> She said, this is not to clown anybody, but I'm about to clown all of y'all. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 but I like what you said. I think, it, I think it makes perfect sense. You know, and um, and 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 I, I think that I, I, what I like about this conversation is I like it when black men and black women are talking to each other, and in a respectful way. And I think it's, um, I think that's that's what's supposed to happen uh, because that's how you fight against the agendas that are out there. Um, and one of the things, one of the reasons why we're doing things like trying to build black media and stuff like that is because we know that there's an agenda and the only way we can get away from that agenda is to get off the grid, uh, de detach from the systems, detach from all this nonsense that they're sprinkling onto us uh, because we are like rats in a cage where they are literally experimenting with us physically, mentally, emotionally and otherwise. And, uh, and, and we can't allow this to happen. And so one of the things I want to uh, share with everybody is. Uh, we've been working on something called the Black Love Blueprint, and it's a film series we've been working on for about four years now. And uh, we, we shot a couple of films, a couple of long form films. And Alicia and I, you know, in the run up to our wedding, uh, as we engaged in the very awkward process of may, of letting people know about our relationship in public. I mean, in case you didn't, you guys didn't know, before Alicia and I started dating, maybe three and a half, four years ago, um, I, I was in another relationship. It's just nobody knew. Because I, I I don't go public until I'm serious, right? And and I think that just that, you know, an Uncle Boyce tip for the ladies out there is that's one way you can tell if a man's really into you is if he tells the world about you, it's it's him marking your territory, right? At least for me, it's it's me saying, okay, I'm spoken for, but 
I didn't do that before. No disrespect to anyone else. I hope she, I hope the, the ex wasn't isn't watching, but but I didn't do that. Not because I disliked or anything, but because um, you know, only one person can be the one, right? And so um, so anyway, with the Black Love Blueprint, one of the things we decided to do as we engage in this, this process of preparing for the marriage, uh, which is still going to happen next year, you know, hopefully COVID allowed to happen, is we decided to kind of film and capture some of our experiences as a couple. And uh, and so uh, I, I want to show you guys a three-minute clip of just some stuff that kind of happened around our house. Uh, please take it with a grain of salt. I hope it doesn't come off as pretentious. It's just us sharing Black love you know, with the world, not because we're perfect, but because we want you to find whatever bliss you're looking for in your life. So if you give me one second, I'm going to share my screen. If you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. We're building Black media. We really need your help. You are our distribution platform. So everybody in here, please give me a verbal confirmation, a yes in the chat, if you will help us to share the word. Like take this panel, take this link. Share it on your social media. Uh, let, let's take over media. We can do this. Okay, so let me show you guys uh, this little clip. This is the first time ever, first time ever, we've released any of the episodes of this, this Black Love Blueprint installment. And uh, and I'm just going to show it. I'm going to shut up and quit talking and just play the video. So here we go. All right, so um, enlarging on my screen. Uh, all right, hopefully I won't mess this up. Got that exclusive. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't know I was going to release it today, but what the hell? Let's do it. Here we go. Now they have like a new set of parents, grandparents, and you know they're excited about voice being accepted 
they're seeing some of the perks. <laughs> some of the perks that comes along with this. So they see voice as a benefit. The little one um, requires a little more supervision because she's little, but she has a uh, um, you know, she has her schoolwork and then also she has her passion, you know, and I, and when I look at kids, I'm looking at all, I'm also factoring in like, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? What does it really take to be a successful adult in this world? You know, you got to be able to read, write, do math, and then you got to know how to do whatever it is that you want to do for a living. So the little one, the little one is a performance, you know, like, I like, I like pointing, you know, kind of spotting like people's passions. And so for her, her passion just jumps out. And really, I think COVID brought us all closer together because, you know, Quinty was talking about all this philosophy you getting into, and your dad's all into philosophy, and we had really healthy discussions where normally we would be inside watching television. And I made a comment on that. I said, God, I've gotten to know you more this summer during the pandemic because we are sitting out on the front porch, no TV there. And we're talking to each other and have a genuine connection with each other. All right, guys. So there you go. That's that's what it is. <laughs> there you go. So that was just um just something fun that we 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 put together. We actually <clears throat> excuse me, we actually put together a few different episodes and and um it's just really um our naive way of trying to say how do we, as people that are, you know, that are in our forties, how do we, you know, set a new example, you know, for young people? Cause I think a lot of young people just don't have examples. They don't know what any of this is supposed to look like. And, uh, and I want, I just really want black women to know how much, you know, how much they are loved, uh, by the real men in the community. I, I don't speak for these guys that are abusive and nasty and, and mean and, and say terrible things. Um, I don't support any of that. And, uh, and so I, I think that's important to do. So thank you guys for, for, um, for letting me show that. <clears throat> I appreciate it. And I want to say thank you to our, our panelists today. Uh, it looks like Faye had to dip out. Uh, thank you to Roe Ro Granginor. Oh, you know what? Let me unmute you. Say it for me. Go, go ahead. Bonjour. She's reminding me <laughs> that I failed French class. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Roe Granginor. Uh, Miss Faye Bishop, uh, we got Chef Juan, Juan McAllister, John F. Thomas, uh, AT, uh, aka JT Slim Cutter. That's where you can follow him, and Mr. Tariq Abdul Khalik, aka T Khalik. I want to say thank you guys very much for joining us uh, today. It was really awesome talking. And we're going to do more panels like this uh, in the near future. What I'm going to do is put the email address in here. If you ever want to be invited to a panel, um, I'm going to put the email address where the producer lives and she can put you on the list uh, to be invited to panels that fit your background. Uh, and uh, we, we really want to look for the, we want to hear from the community. We want other people uh, speaking because we want black media to be owned by black people. And that's the goal. So thank you guys for listening. Hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit, uh, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet, thank you again to the panelists and uh, everybody, please have a great day. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Here we are Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. 
three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down, get on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.